to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. I'll read Colossians 3 verse 1 to begin. Colossians 3 1. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. It's, it's fairly traditional for, for pastors to, to sort of say a, a, a word of uh, cast some vision or to say a word of encouragement at the beginning of the new year. And, uh, and that's a good start, isn't it? To set our sights on the realities of heaven. Set our sights afresh, perhaps, in 2024 on the realities of heaven. But there's a bit more to that, and I'm going to share that later on that vision. After attending um, Easter camp for about 40-odd years at Narrows Park, Jenny and I, we've come to expect transformation in lives on generally the Sunday night, the Puriaki of each camp. And it would never be the same from one year to the next. You couldn't capture it on camera. Uh, you couldn't uh, explain it to anyone who's not there. And in fact, you don't even really get it unless you're in camp the whole time. And uh, it was a work of the Spirit. Each year, God would do a different thing. But always, there would be salvation, healing, and growth. And the key was that every camp was soaked in prayer. And that Christ was honoured. And we saw miracles, tears and light bulb moments over those many years and still happening every Easter. When young people knew that God was real and made new commitments to follow Jesus, whatever that might mean for them. The thing is that camps didn't just happen. They were the product of weeks and months of planning, gathering of resources, team building and sheer hard work. Leaders would have to sow vision, encourage prayer and build momentum right up to and enduring enduring the camp. Over the years, salvation would actually happen earlier and earlier on in the camp and I think that's just a, a testament to the prayer. But behind the scenes, there was a team of workers who would overcome whatever challenge there would be to make this happen, even cyclones. (laughs) David said, I will not offer the Lord what has cost me nothing. I will not offer the Lord what has cost me nothing. I love that verse. And on a scale of 1 to 10, camps are about 100, you know, (laughs) of hard work. And the true true test of the team, however, was actually always on the Monday. Uh, On the Monday morning, only half the kids would ever get to breakfast, looking like zombies. (laughs) Then there'd be a prayer and a last sort of few songs and, and a big, big encouragement as they went. But then the real work started, and everyone would, the core team would have to work for many, many hours, you know, dismantling dismantling, returning thousands of borrowed items, cleaning, 
cleaning the place up better than they found it, dealing with loose ends, finances and all of that. Through it all, though, there was this real sense that spiritual eyes, spiritual eyes had been opened and that a glimpse of the realities of heaven had been released. Praise God. Well, when Paul wrote Colossians 3 verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, he was not suggesting that we neglect the responsibilities of life here and now in this world and the day-to-day stuff of, of life. You know, ministry is really spelt W-O-R-K, work, you know. William Hendrickson says, those that seek to obtain these things that are above are not chasing phantoms, but are gathering priceless treasures. They are not the kind of people who forget about their duty in the here and now. On the contrary, they are very practical for the graces that have been given them enable them to gain victory in their struggle against fleshly indulgence and be truthfully the salt of the earth and the light of the world. That's a quote, end of quote. Someone else came up with the saying, some folk are so heavenly minded that they are of no earthly use. (laughs) We don't want to be like that, do we? (laughs) Anyway, in other words, the true Christian is found serving faithfully and diligently at whatever task they've been called to because they have a heart for the eternal purposes of God. I've called this message, uh, set your affection on things above. Setting your affections on things above. Because I believe the word affection found in the King James Version best describes Paul's intent here. Some versions say, set your sights on things above. I like that. Others say, set your minds on things above. While another version says, pursue the things over which Christ presides. They're all good, aren't they? Let's open the word. If you've got your devices or word there, whatever way you want to open it, we're turning to Colossians 3. Verses 1 to 4, for a start. Uh, Have we got it on the New Living Translation? That's good. That's great. This is the New Living Translation, which I thought was really good. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Just a little bit of a background. After our four messages from Isaiah 9 verse 6 of the qualities of Jesus, remember, wonderful counselor, mighty God, um, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Um, over those four weeks, we, we learned this wonderful count, this wonderful Jesus would come. And over the last two weeks, we've heard about how that works out in our lives, about bringing peace. 
to situations and, uh, and to people and being a peacemaker and loving God with all of our heart our mind, soul, strength. And I think it sort of actually has been a wonderful thing that God's preparing our, our hearts and our minds for the next series, which Nathan was about to start today, called Seeds of Hope. So that is going to start next week. He's saying he'll, whether the baby's cried all night, he'll still be able to do next week. <laughs> so... Um, so we're looking forward to the start of the series of hope in Ephesians, working through the book of Ephesians. So that's next week. But, you know, if we don't receive the necessary nutrients and moisture from the soil of God's word, written and spoken, we will die spiritually. Even though we've been raised with Christ, we need to maintain our faith, don't we? Today we are focusing on more on the why most young people I know want to know the why. We live in an age of the, of the challenging of beliefs and a questioning of whether there's a better way, especially, you know, since the whole world got flipped up when COVID went viral. See what I did there? <laughs> this, is, this is our moment. This is our moment now to offer a questioning world our why, to give them hope. We pursue, seek, set our minds, our affections, and our eyes on the things above because the only true, eternal, infinite, all-powerful, creative, amazing Savior of the world wants us to reflect his glory. What a privilege, eh? Hallelujah. That's in verse 4. That's a pretty cool why, if you ask me. It's the why that makes the hundreds of hours of hard slog to create an Easter camp or a festival one or a conference or even our week in, week out church ministries worth it. Paul is saying to the Colossians, stay true. Stay the course. Don't veer left or right. Keep going because it's worth it. And today I'd like to encourage us all to consider how to share our why. How is our why going to be expressed in our lives this year? The why keeps us focused, gives us purpose, and gives us plenty of reasons to overcome. But there's always a but in this life. There are other competing forces for our affection. We can so easily give our affliction, affections to fleshly desires. So we're going to read verses 5 to 10. And we see what we're battling against. And we have to overcome in order to bring about those things that are above. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. When you, we, you used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now it is, is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature 
and all its wicked deeds. In verse 10, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. So we're in a battle. And although Christ has defeated Satan, sin and death, he requires us to enforce that victory. That's our job, to enforce that victory. We're very aware of the spiritual forces at work in the world. We've become couch experts in how to run the country and what should be done to end conflicts and wars. The trouble is that evil has ten heads, even when we cut one off. So peacemaking and prayer are the keys. Paul is asking here, what about what's within you? The greatest threat to losing our why and shifting our focus and our affection away from Christ is actually within our own members, our flesh, in other words. He's saying here, put that evil thing lurking within you to death first. Rid yourself of sexual sin, impurity, lust, and evil desires. We can't blame Satan for that stuff if we're feeding it. Stop feeding it, and it'll die. Are we willing to trade all of you know, eternity, sharing his glory for momentary pleasure? Maybe we need to do a stock take. The fruit of internal sin soon shows on the glory, uh, sorry, the, the fruit, I got lost here. The fruit of internal sin soon shows on the outside. And those things are anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, gossip, and dirty language, the Bible says. And Jesus was hardest on those living a double life or living by double standards. Which side of our life ledger has more entries? We fulfill the second part of the instructions in verse 2 to not think about the things of earth by starving the old nature. We starve it and rid, rid ourselves of sinful passions. We have every reason to think about things above because Christ is so awesome. But unless, unless we think less about and starve the old nature, our affection will be drawn away from Jesus. Paul knew we would need help in that. And he says in verse 10, put on the new nature. There's a new nature. We receive its salvation. We have to put that old nature on every day. Put it on. Learn to know your creator and finally be like him. As one Christian comedian said, if you do the do's, you don't have time to do the don'ts. If you do the do's, you don't have time to do the don'ts. <laughs> I'd love to unpack about being renewed and learning to know how our Creator wants us to live and being like Him looks like. But I'm determined to only have one main theme today, and that is to set our minds on things above. So that's for another day, not the things of earth. But can I just give one warning here? It would be irresponsible of me not to remind us all, without the Holy Spirit, we will struggle to die to the self, to the old nature and put the new nature on that Christ paid for in full. See, the Holy Spirit enters our life at salvation 
But we need the full clothing, the Holy Spirit to have a, the power and the that that word means that word dunamis in the in the Greek means is where we get our word for dynamite from. That power to live for Him, He baptizes us. That was a little bit of a typo, but I thought, hey, it's quite a cool word. Baptizes. He baptizes and equips us for ministry, and the only way to get our minds above on things above and not on the things of earth is to be filled with his Holy Spirit daily. Ephesians 5.18, be filled. It's continuous. Be filled with the Spirit. That's every day. It's a top-up. What a challenge, eh? To pursue the things which Christ presides over. It doesn't mean shirking our day-to-day stuff. You know, there's still lawns to mow. There's still work to get to, to work to on time. There's cleaning. There's practical stuff. There's uh, all those things that make up life. But it does mean thinking less about worldly things and starving our wrong thoughts and motives lurking within. So, in verse 5, Paul just sums up that list of sins we display when we focus solely on earthly things. And he sums it up as idolatry. The New Living Translation calls this worshipping the things of the world idolatry. Anything we worship other than God is an idol. Anything we worship other than God is an idol. Anything we trust in more than God is an idol. Jesus said, have faith in God, not in things. To quote William Hendrickson again, why would we resort to broken cisterns when the fountain of life is at hand? Christ's resurrection followed by his ascension and coronation guarantees us, I love this, guarantees us pardon and provides for our purity. Guarantees us pardon and provides for our purity. The Holy Spirit and his word are the key to change. I said there was a bit more to the vision earlier on. And I believe that... um, God gave me a bit of a word for the church this year. I've been reading through the book of Acts this January. I've been doing roughly a chapter a day, sometimes more, sometimes less. And uh, I came across an amazing verse in Acts 11, verse 23. I'm just going to read that now. And it says, And then, then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all, with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. I believe that's the word for us. It's not flashy. It's not way out there. It's pretty, pretty down to earth, isn't it? We've got to have this year a resolute heart and be true to the Lord. So we can have our mind on these things above, but we also need a resolute heart to be true. We want to be able to stay true. And the way way we do that is just keep our minds filled with the Word of God. You know, I just think the Holy Spirit and the Word of God are the the ways of putting those earthly things to death and having those heavenly things in our minds. I'm going to uh, risk it and be a bit of a proud granddad here right now. Um, uh, We... uh, (laughs) 
we had a, a little message come through that, that Ashton had passed his AC, what is it, NCA, um, with, uh, with quite good marks. And so I rang to congratulate him and, um, and I said to him, and, you know, what does this mean? And he said, well, I had to have 80, 80 merits to pass. I got 105. And half of them were excellence. And bearing in mind, this is a boy who went to America for a, for a month, missed a couple of weeks of school, had COVID, and had 20 hours of after-school work for the whole year. And, you know, that wasn't what we kind of thought a few years back. And um, I've had his permission for me to share this story. Five or six years ago, he could barely smell, spell simple words. He wasn't good at maths, and he was held back a year. He was really struggling. And he said about two years ago, he started to read his Bible. He read his Bible heaps. And I said, did that make a, dis a difference? And his words were, totally. And reading his Bible, perhaps not as regularly as he'd like. He said he's been slipping up a little bit lately. But by reading his Bible over the last two or three years, his marks have done that, you know. God is able to use his word to give us concentration and things that we can never do before. It changes our, our it feeds our spirit, eh? It's food for our spirit. So I'm going to leave you with those, those couple of thoughts to have a resolute heart to be true to the Lord and to sort of feed our spirits daily on the word. And by doing that, we will... Seek the things above and not the things on earth. So wrapping up this message, I believe the Lord's challenge for his church universal, and especially for us here today, is to worship him alone. And we've done that this morning through the songs that Elliot chose. Anything we trust in or place above him in importance is an idol. In order to pursue the things above and not the things on earth, we need a spiritual spring clean. So let's back the trailer in and rid ourselves of sinful clutter and anything else that has a higher place in our lives than Jesus. Let's focus, set our minds and our affections on him and his word. Let's give him our affection and not allow lesser things to dominate and distract us. Let's pursue his kingdom and the things over which Christ presides as we charter a path through 2024. Amen. God, thank you for the words of Paul here to us, thinking about our roles, our ministries, our church here in Huntley in 2024. Lord, I thank you that it's uh, still as relevant, as up-to-date as ever, it's, it's like life-giving words for our souls. And God, we just know that by fixing our eyes on you, by seeking the things above, being active and checking things out with you, that we will see your glory come to people and to lives and to situations. Father, help us this year to be more than conquerors, to see you be lifted up in 
and around Huntley to see lives changed, revolutionised, like Jack was mentioning. Lives turned upside down, willing to do whatever. For your name's sake, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.